All right, here we go. And action. Hi, podcast. Welcome to the TikTok show. I'm your host, Callum Henderson. On this show, I interview early adopters and influencers from the platform TikTok. You're likely a new user, someone from an older generation, or a business owner who wants to take insight from those guests to maximize your organic reach and following on the platform. Today, I'm linking up with my first guest from the UK, a gentleman called James Brooks, who runs his own social media company that supports food brands in creating amazing content online. One of the most exciting things about speaking to James is he has seen success across a number of social media platforms uh, and so really understands how TikTok is going to differ from the other players. He speaks highly of the TikTok algorithm from a consumer perspective and is really big on the fact that people from an older generation are going to need to spend some time upfront on the platform to start liking content, following particular accounts, to start seeing things that they are actually engaged with, which will help them to feel a lot more confident posting content on there. He also drops some real knowledge right at the end when we talk about his top tips for growing an audience on the platform. We're going to join just as I asked James to compare TikTok with more traditional social media. From your experience, how do you feel that TikTok really differs from perhaps some more traditional social media? So, yeah, I mean, I think the thing with TikTok is, it, in a way, it doesn't differ. Um, it's just that we're currently experiencing a very sort of like early moment in this um, social media platform, even though it's very, very well established. Yeah, you know, I think that in terms of this moment right now, TikTok, how it differs is the opportunity. Um, there's so much opportunity to get reach quickly. Um, and to be honest with you, I love the TikTok algorithm. I just think it's one of the best sort of machine learning algorithms out there when it comes to social media. Because of the content it's putting in front of you as a consumer? Yeah, yeah. It's... Or the reach it gives you the other way around? No, because it's it's so consumer-centric. Um, it's, it's crazy, you know, because I think a lot of people, you know, they'll first go on the TikTok, they won't understand it. They'll kind of like scroll through some videos of teenagers and think, this isn't relevant to me. But as soon as you start following a couple of people, as soon as you start sort of liking things, watching things, you know, the kind of videos that you get put in front of you are scarily accurate for your interests. <laughs> don't you? Don't you agree? No, no yeah, absolutely. Like I, like I, I do agree. Um, there's been so it's been kind of interesting. I've I've actually seen it more. So my my girlfriend has kind of been looking over my shoulder for a lot of my early TikTok experience, and uh, she's even started to sort of pick up on songs, trends. She'll mention something to me. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I laughed about this the other day that, that we saw on there. But, yeah, there, there's very little that I've watched, perhaps being on the platform after a week. That hasn't been something that I thought, oh, yeah, that's funny or um, that's interesting. So, yeah, I do agree. Yeah. It feels like from a lot of people that I've spoken to, getting through that first stage has been the biggest challenge for a lot of new 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 users. Yeah, definitely. And I think especially older users um and i put myself in that category even though i'm only 32 um <laughs> because <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh you know i i think that it is it's it's so different tiktok is such a different social media platform than than others in terms of its culture 
Uh, it's just got a completely different culture. There's completely different memes and in-jokes and trends. Uh, and yeah, you know, there are a lot of younger people on there. So I think that that can be a stumbling block for first-time users, especially older uh, users. But if you persevere for even a, a day or two, you know, if it, you start seeing content that really resonates with you. And there's, you know, there's so many different types of creators out there. And from a business perspective, and obviously no need to go into like kind of specifics of any of your customers, but have you kind of related any dialogue to them about how they could potentially use it and what's been the feedback there? Totally. I mean, I've been banging the drum massively. <laughs> um, you've probably seen some of my stuff on LinkedIn. Uh, I've been talking about TikTok quite a lot. Um, obviously, as I said, I work a lot with food and beverage brands. Um, that's kind of my day job. Um, you know, I run a small business uh, helping food and beverage brands to create amazing social media content. And obviously, part of that is sort of consulting and advising brands that I'm working with. So I think that, you know, the opportunity is huge, especially for brands who are you know throwing money at silly things right now the the reach you can get even just organically with some good clever content is unreal on this platform right now uh you know working with clients i there are clients that i'm working with who i'm we're actually creating tiktok content for them but i think to do that authentically we're having to work very very closely with them because tiktok is a platform that craves authenticity and realness and rawness yeah so i spoke to jade vincent the other day she um she does a lot of dancing content uh, she actually said to me that uh, if she sees something that's too edited or um too commercial like she said like people in her generation just want to vomit basically uh, and tiktok seemed to be a breeding ground for in some forms like imperfect content and authentic content totally i'm good friends with jade and you know, she's spot on, like she's absolutely spot on. Now, I'm not saying that this won't change because it probably will change. But at the moment, I advise everyone to just use the in-app editor where possible and shoot with your phone and keep it raw and real. Because the moment that someone sees, um, you know, a shallow depth of field or something like that, you know, can see that something's recorded with a professional camera it just turns people off for the most part so yeah I, I I think keeping it raw and real is so important and yeah I think that could and probably will change in the future though as we see more professional creators uh come onto the platform they'll probably do some really clever things um yeah. with professional equipment that will change the game up a bit that's my gut feeling so, for example, um, when Instagram stories first came out, everyone was just posting raw content, you know, from their phone. But then guys like um, there's this one guy called Jesse Driftwood, but he just like as far as I'm concerned, he completely changed the game when it came to Instagram stories because he started posting professionally shot DSLR content onto Instagram stories, kind of mini vlogs. And, um, you know, from there, it just went crazy and then lots of people started doing really sexy stuff and it became more acceptable um and even desirable so i think that perhaps we might see the same on tiktok but time will tell 
And just, just take a step back to uh, you kind of speaking to your customers about brand using it. Did you see the the New York Jets thing the other day? Yes, I did. What uh, what was what was your thoughts on that? So this was the girl doing a dance, and then they sort of duetted it, and it looks like there's a football yeah. kind of coming out of her butt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just thought, to to be honest, I thought it was brilliant. Um, I know that like there's been a lot of uproar about it, and I believe that they deleted it in the end. Yeah. Um, I I thought it was funny. Like I I think that that's exactly the right attitude when it comes to this sort of content. It's about it's that sort of newsjacking um, mentality, isn't it? And sort of being resourceful. I mean, with, like the uptime and thought process and 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 time to take to create that must have been minimal. And there's such a reach from that beyond just TikTok, right? Yeah, and to be honest with you, the fact that there was controversy um, gave them even more exposure, right? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's brilliant. The amount of creativity you see on this platform is incredible. And it, I really think that you've got to practice what you're doing. And so TikTok is just like an amazing platform for kind of honing your craft when it comes to being a creative person. Um, one thing I would love to see when like, sorry if I'm switching gears a little bit here, but one thing I would love to see is uh, TikTok implement um, a platform for creators to make their own effects and filters uh, in the same way that Facebook and Instagram have done. Like that's something I've been talking about a lot because yeah, if, if creators were able to take the same creativity that we're seeing just in general on TikTok and apply that to filters and effects on the platform, I just think we'll see some crazy stuff. The added element that seems to be a common theme across the people that I've spoken to is is the time frame. So Vine has been referenced quite a lot, but the fact that it seems the most impactful content is 15 seconds really tests your ability to not only create content, but do it in a The perfect length is probably less than 15 seconds. In fact, I know it's less than 15 seconds. Um, so you've got even less time. <laughs> um, you know, and I think the same applies on, on TikTok. I think that there's a sweet spot between sort of eight and 12 seconds. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a real challenge. And also it's about hooking people as well because you've got like a couple of seconds to actually hook someone before they scroll up so i'm i'm really mindful not necessarily so much about whether i whether it's 8 12 15 seconds but what those first one or two seconds actually look like and how appealing they are were you on vine mm, no i was a consumer of vine but i i don't think i made any vine videos as far as i recall and that I've asked a couple of people, but do you feel there's any risk of this becoming redundant quite quickly in the same way that Vine did? No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think Good, so. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, I I don't know what the figures were for Vine, but I think that um, last I read, the monthly active users for TikTok are about half that of Instagram, which is ridiculous that's a huge amount of active monthly users. Um, so yeah, you know, I don't, I don't see it going anywhere, 
um, I think that they've kind of built up enough momentum that it's looking quite good. And and look, I mean, some of the advertising they're doing, you know, especially in the UK, is crazy. They they are investing a lot in in advertising. You know, they've been doing like massive campaigns in London. They've they're sponsoring um, the Love Island. I think it's called Love Island After Sun, the kind of spin-off show. Um, you know, they're sponsoring that. It's like they're they're going ham <laughs> a lot or a couple of the people that i've i've interviewed so far in this podcast have suggested uh that the play at the moment on tiktok should be personal brand ahead of monetizing quickly if you're a creator what's your what's your viewpoint on that my viewpoint is that's my play <laughs> um <laughs> that's what i'm doing at the end of the day i'm on tiktok to yeah build my personal brand um and even if i'm just creating content for um a load of young people at the moment uh those young people are going to be the decision makers in five ten years time um who are going to be making the decision about whether to work with me and my agency so um hey let's make friends with them now so, yeah, I mean, I suppose I'm in a bit of a unique situation in that I don't need to monetize my personal TikTok account. But, yeah, it's not that easy to monetize a TikTok account at the moment. I think that obviously you can do private sponsorships, um, you, you know, sponsorship deals with brands or, or what have you. You can make money from gifts in lives. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people make really good money from them. Um but yeah, I, I think that we'll probably see more opportunities for monetization come down the pipe and present themselves as time goes on. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great opportunity to to build your brand, that's for sure. You know, just in terms of the sheer numbers that you can very quickly reach. I, I think that, you know, if if you whether you're sort of building a personal brand or you're building a brand for a business your focus should be on long-term brand building um and and using that the platform to your benefit in in that sense at this moment in time you touched on there about going live as, as an ability uh to to monetize in some form or another aside from that i think i think i saw that you commented on linkedin that you, you that's something that you enjoy uh, going live could you talk a little bit about that yeah I love it. I've always loved lives. Um, so I, on Instagram in the past, I've done a lot of lives as well. And when I've started brands or been involved in brands uh, on Instagram, you know, I used to do a lot of lives. So I'm kind of familiar with it and I really enjoy it. I think it's like that is that is the opportunity to build up like a really solid following of brand ambassadors because you can really give a bit more personality, build a bit more of a relationship with people over lives um, and, you know, and turn them into an army of sort of ambassadors, really. Um, you know, a lot of people that I've met on lives have now become like my top commenters and they'll comment on every single video. And obviously that helps everything. So, um, but it's a two way street, isn't it? It's not you've got to be prepared to give and you've got to be prepared to sort of interact with people and make them feel good as well about, um, you know, 
about how involved they're being in your community so i think that's really important but i love it as well because there's some there's a lot of people who follow my tiktok who are like teenagers who want to be chefs um which is amazing because it's such an amazing opportunity to encourage those guys as well um you know talk a lot on lives about hey like you know that I'm going to be helping my mum cook the Sunday roast this weekend. And I'm like, oh, yeah, brilliant. Do a TikTok, tag us in it, and we'll, you know, we'll um, we'll comment on it. And I just love that. You know, those those people who are the the chefs of tomorrow or, or whatever, you know, being able to kind of be someone who's maybe a bit further along the line and encourage these guys is, like, such a, such a blessing. So I love it. Yeah. It's like access for mentorship, basically, which is seemingly unavailable anywhere else. Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, I I know that not everyone's got the same attitude as this, but, you know, I'm very much of the, the thought that you've got to realise that, like, your community, if they're commenting, if they're watching the lives and stuff like that, they're taking the time to um, interact with your content, like you've got to look after them too. Otherwise they're not going to stay around for long. Um, And I think that there's so many social media personalities who just completely take their community for granted. And that really does make me sad because they're shooting themselves in the foot, but also they're just not appreciating what people have given them. What would be your, for someone who's perhaps a little bit nervous about going live or hadn't, doesn't have much experience how how would you help them to to find that experience comfortable yeah that is such a good question because i think that probably a lot of people are not that comfortable going live um there's a few things that i do so one thing i do is i try and go live when i'm with someone um so like there's a guy on my team called jack and he films most of my tiktoks and so he will normally be with me when we go live so that we can bounce off of each other a little bit um, and and help each other out. And then you're not feeling like you're completely alone in front of the camera. Um, You know, what if no one says anything or asks anything and you've got nothing to say, it's a bit awkward. If you've got someone there, you can have a little chit chat. So I think that's a good one. I think also another one is doing something whilst you're live. So that obviously will be something different depending on, what it is that you do on TikTok. But for me, you know, one thing I love doing is I get a Japan crate every month. I love Japanese snacks. Um, and so sometimes on a live, I'll open my Japan crate and I'll just sort of like try my way <laughs> through the snacks. And again, that yeah. gives me something to do, something to talk about, a point of conversation. Um, so yeah, that's that's a good one. And I just I just ask questions as well. You know, if I if I'm there alone, there's people there. Um, I just ask questions and for me you know it's around food so I'm like hey you know what have you guys eaten so far today what are you planning to eat for tea what shall I eat for tea Um, and you know conversation can then sort of like sprout from there so those would be my tips for nervous people who want to go live (laughs) yeah no they're they're really good I'm I mean I'm passionate about food in general but Asian food in particular is really interesting to me asian culture in particular is really interesting to me so yeah uh it's something i'm pretty pretty into (laughs) 
and do you work with many brands like that uh like from from that region at the moment not at the moment no um i do i mean i i do quite a lot of and i use this term very loosely but influencer stuff and so there's quite a few restaurants in london that i work with as an influencer and so um yeah you know I, i collaborate with brands from that point of view but um in terms of you know on a month to month basis when i'm working with clients and creating content not yet but um you know certainly brands you know from that region if you're listening and you want a content creator then give me a call <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that would be something that would be interesting to explore because i've spoken to a couple of younger people who have, are in this position where they all of a sudden they they can be an influencer for a brand or, uh, or for a business uh, and it feels really like they've just kind of been left to their own devices to, to sort that out. And obviously you're in a slightly different position, run your own business, work experience, like uh, of, of, of a decade, decade plus. But how, how do you like typically manage, manage that part of being an influencer? That is really hard actually. Um, and it's, it's actually something I've been thinking about a lot recently because having met some other TikTok influencers, I've met a couple who have agents and, I always thought that having an agent was like really old school and a complete waste of time. Um, And it may still be that that's the case, but I'm a little more persuaded having spoken to them because the point that they make is they're a creator, they want to create and they don't want to have to deal with emails and negotiate and make arrangements and stuff like that. And their agent does that for them and that makes them happy. So um, yeah, so I think I'm a little more persuaded on the agent side of things, but I'm sure that it's an absolute minefield as well, finding actually a good agent who's going to do what they say and deliver value for you. Um, and as I've got no experience when it comes to that, I honestly don't know what to recommend. Um, I think that in my case, um, I am just going to hire someone in-house basically to to help me with that stuff at the moment. I just do it myself, but I'm kind of on the lookout at the moment for a new assistant who will help with that side of things um because then i have all the control and uh i'm not a control freak but i think it's like it's important to have the control and have the leverage so uh i think if you can do that it's a good idea (laughs) yeah absolutely because i think there's a real real opportunity for a very kind of conscious respectable agency to take quite a lot of you very young influencers who've just suddenly blown up on TikTok under their wing and make sure that there's a kind of generation of influencers who are approaching it in a right in the right way and are very aware of the fact that they have large audiences and I think I've been really fortunate in speaking to a couple of uh, young people who seem just really mature and switched on already so that they're they are conducting themselves appropriately but that's something that I personally just think about from time to time get a little bit worried about is this people left their own devices could perhaps be manipulated a little bit yeah totally totally it's it is super worrying and you know the thing is i have like i personally know various influencers not just on tiktok as well i mean you know i know people who have like suddenly got huge youtube channels and um in a way they don't even know what they've got (laughs) because because they've not been in the industry they don't realize how um valuable the kind of audience that they've built and the creativity that they bring is um 
but yeah it's it's like well, what what do you do with that because I just I get the sense that probably like because it's such a cool thing at the moment you know influencing and social media and stuff like there's just it's bound to be a wild west there's bound to be so many cowboys out there and uh, that I do find extremely worrying and I don't honestly I don't really know what the answer is um I don't I don't know enough about it because as I say I'm in the fortunate position that I've been in business for 10 years um you know been in social media for over 10 years and I have a team and so it's less of a concern for me but um yeah it was a a worry (laughs) just well your own content to one side what who who are like the food brands that you think are really really putting out some good stuff on tiktok at the moment or are there not many do you know what i've i've not seen too many i'm trying to persuade quite a few to you know to start putting stuff out there yeah i mean like let's be real here um it's the smaller brands that are killing it because i'm not being funny but some of the big brands who i love and would love to work with they're still not doing instagram properly um and it's like it's kind of embarrassing uh i just can't i can't believe it though i i just can't believe it that there's an opportunity there for the taking there must be being you know tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of millions being on being spent on various campaigns you know and campaigns in traditional media um which some people still like i don't um and i get a lot of hate for that on on linkedin um and it's usually from people who are still making money from tv commercials um but whatever like you know i'm entitled to my opinion so i'll just give my opinion um i think that like money spent in traditional media for the most part is wasted um so yeah i don't i honestly don't know what some of these big brands are up to so i think it's going to take a bloody long time before we see a lot of big brands on tiktok however you know i've seen that in the last few days burger king have come on um toby carvery are on uh but yeah they're finding their way and i think the thing is right if and i say this to all my clients if you want to be a food brand on TikTok, you are going to have to be brave. You're going to have to be prepared to somewhat throw the brand guidelines out of the window because TikTok is a different platform. The culture is different. There's a lot of humor involved. There's a lot of trends involved. There's a lot of silliness involved in content that works well on TikTok. And so um, you can't be stiff and you can't be precious. Uh, because it just won't work on the platform. So that's probably a, a, something that a lot of brands are struggling with at the moment as well. But I, I got to say, like, I'm so impressed with, you know, brands who I am working with or have a relationship with who have, like, just, like, diving in head first. Yeah, like, massive respect to them because they're taking a big risk, but they're reaping the rewards of it because they're just getting ridiculous amounts of, of reach and brand awareness and they're smashing it. Yeah. Because being early is an advantage, obviously, and, and, and you can obviously eat up some of the real estate by by being an early adopter and taking that risk a little bit. But you look at even things like the Haribo campaign with the, with the squeaky voices. It's, that's already silly. Like that, There are so many kind of advertising campaigns out there in food and beverage where they could easily just mirror that onto some of the trends that you're, that you're talking about. And particularly food is so relatable isn't it it's it's stuff that people want to see want to watch 
It is. And also, you know, a lot of these big brands as well, they have like incredible intellectual property. Um, How do you make a chocolate bar? How do you manufacture it? Like the process from start to finish, like you, you, you could make a TikTok on that, like snap challenge kind of uh, esque, couldn't you? And people would want to watch it, I think. Totally, totally. But, you know, even uh, so far as like, um, you know, McDonald's and Burger King, you know, they've got like Ronald McDonald and the King and you've got the Colonel. And, you know, um, I think that brands like that and even Kellogg's and their various different sort of like characters and stuff like that, you bring that into the mix on TikTok. You could do some really interesting stuff. Like I have seen some great content where there's some animators on TikTok who take viral dance trends and animate them with their own characters. So you imagine that you've got bloody Snap, Crackle and Pop doing a viral dance trend or you've got the Colonel like doing stuff. Do you see what I mean? Like the the brand recognition and the sort of intellectual property that these guys have, have got, like if you make the most of that on TikTok, you <laughs> you can smash it because you've got, it's the perfect storm really. If you're prepared to take the risk and you've already got that sort of recognition, you know you'll blow up quickly and and for those brands diving in or an individual just just taking that dive what would you think or what would you say are like the kind of top top tips that you'd give someone to to create some good content and grow a following on tiktok so number one is consume content on tiktok that is the most important thing we've got to remember tiktok is a completely different platform with its own trends and memes and so you've got to understand them because if you do you'll be able to make some really interesting content that really clicks so i think that is like first and foremost that is the thing that's you've got to do um secondly like think about sounds um like obviously you've got trending sounds i think it's good to use trending sounds um it's helpful to use trending sounds because it's stuff that people are used to listening to and like um but also you know there's i think a lot of opportunity creating your own audios as well um and your own sounds and i've done that a few times and some of them have like really kicked off and you know other people have used them and stuff like that so there's definitely opportunity there um as we touched on before Num- like making um making your videos short under 15 seconds ideally um but keep them at least five seconds because i see a lot of people who make like really quick videos under five seconds and um i don't think they get on the for you page if they're under five seconds great tip so that's that's something to keep an eye on thanks for that one that's cool um number four again we've discussed like keep your videos natively in the app uh, sorry create your videos natively within the app um keep it raw keep it real not too slick not too professional but just authentic yeah and again uh, the caveat is for now but like keep an eye on things because that could change um and i think like really my other tip would just be use fast cuts and unexpected moments to keep your audience engaged um you want the watch time on your video to be as high as possible so ideally you want people watching all the way through uh, and even better than ideally 
you want people to watch more than once. So if you can put something in the video that's either happens too fast to see it properly the first time, or you put something unexpected in there, like you spill something or you switched, you know, switch to another random scene really quickly, um, or some text pops up that you can't quite read fully the first time. Like that's a really good way of getting your watch time up. And that will really help you um, in terms of, you know, getting more exposure for the video. So yeah, if you can do that, you know, it's a bit of an art doing that in a slick way that isn't, you know, obvious that you're just uh, trying to get people to like keep watching. Watch bait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's always a real balance, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think that that is a that is a good way to kind of get your videos noticed. So to recap, if you're looking to build some confidence using the live feature, it's always helpful to do it with someone there or to have some planned activities to make sure that there's something engaging for the audience to watch. Similar to some of my other guests though, James is really big on the fact that live is gonna help to build your own brand ambassadors, turning followers into fans. Some other really good insight is to put some content on your videos which change scene quite quickly, so people have to multi-watch. This is gonna help for you to perform well alongside the algorithm and get a better organic reach from your content. Shorter videos between 8 to 12 seconds are the optimum, but anything under 5 seconds won't actually make it to the For You page. Some great insight from James there. If you're in the food industry and you're looking to build your brand online, check out jamesbrooks.co forward slash team hyphen brooks. Thanks for listening once again. This has been the TikTok show. I've been your host, Callum Henderson. A couple of things. Make sure you hit subscribe head over to our website, www.thetiktokshow.co.uk. Also, hit me up on TikTok. It's at Callum H, and that's an at C-A-L-L-U-M-H-T-C-H. I look forward to chatting to you on there, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cut it. That's a wrap.